Hey, and welcome to another episode of the Who Dat Jedi podcast. This is episode 176, and my name is Aaron, and with me as always is the other members of the Jedi, Who Dat Jedi Council, Dave and Fredo. How's it going, guys? Hey. What's up? What's up? I, I sent you, I, it, We you know, we have, it's funny because we have our podcast uh, group chat, and then we have a group chat that includes um, Dave's wife and my wife. And so there's still just a lot of Star Wars stuff that gets thrown in there. And I sent I sent one today, a meme that was like, I'm gonna censor myself, but kiss me. It was it was Obi Wan and Anakin in the elevator, you know, in Attack of the Clones, and said, "Hey, Anakin, kiss, Mary, kill." And Anakin says, "Padme." <laughs> it's just like I about spit out my Diet Coke. I was laughing when I saw that. I was not expecting it. It was so good. Um, but uh, yeah, nailed it. Yes, <clears throat> very much so. Um, so anyway, now how's the how's things been going? Um, it's, it's been uh, I don't know. It with Fredo and I were talking before we went live that it's like, you know, we played trivia on Monday and that feels like a month ago. It's just been one of those one of those weeks. So yeah, yeah. Same here. Like this is the time of year. Like I, you just wait and wait and wait for the weather to get nice. So you can like go do things, but then everything is happening and and you're just running from one thing to the next. And before you know it, it's New Year's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, like, it's, it's not going to be long because we're, you know, it's like, Hey, we're going on our trip and uh, you know, for Thanksgiving. And it's like, that's like only a couple weeks away. <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah. Did you guys go to crew of boo? Did. Yes. Um, How was it? It was longer than um, we remembered. It was, I don't know, it was, I don't know, it seemed weird. Um, I mean, it was good, good floats, um, really kind of cool. Um, yeah, big crowds, it was fine. Did you go That's out what there? I heard it was longer, like there were more walking crews that just sort of dragged it along. Of course, we were like Chewbacca's maybe in that way, like well, just and... getting bigger and bigger. And geography is hard, kids. Um, so we were, um, Brittany and I were out there. We were with uh, with Colesby and Eddie at uh, our normal spot of, you know, um, South Peters and Decatur, right by Two Jacks. And um, so after the parade got done, <clears throat> we were going to head down a little bit further and um, into like towards Molly's because um, Scott's, you know, doing some stuff down there. But anyway, you know, Britt and I were like, ah, you know, hungry, we're going to bail. So we bailed. And then it was like, by the time we got home, saw the report that there was a shooting on at South Peters and Decatur. So I'm like, holy crud. So I texted Colesby and Eddie and make sure they're fine. They were fine. And then of course, first of all, there are two intersections of South Peter and Decatur. So, you know, thank you thank you to the uh to the people who laid out the city but anyway there are two so they didn't specify which one it was and then the next morning it was actually on governor nichols like on the river which is what a good <clears throat> couple blocks from <laughs> south peter's decatur so anyway no but uh, sorry you asked about the parade um it was fun it was like i said good floats and i don't remember yeah. them being such good floats i don't know why you know, I mean, it, it may be it may be a thing where they're really uh, trying to make it a bigger event because it is it's become a bigger event in the last few years, particularly uh, as we come out of out of the pandemic. We're still on, but uh, yeah, I just I missed it this year because I had a work retreat up in northern Louisiana, which went well. But uh, yeah, it's just like you tend to kind of go, darn, the fall weekends are all the fun stuff happens in New Orleans between now and. When the heat returns, this is when you want to be in New Orleans because that's when everything happens. Because once the heat returns, everybody runs for the hands or indoors. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the way of things here. And the street thing you were talking about is is not limited to just Peters, um, Esplanade, Napoleon. I mean, there's just a bunch of there are a bunch of major thoroughways that magically appear in different parts of the city. And yeah, you're like I. I which, okay which All one right. yeah which one <clears throat> so anywho 
Um, that's why nobody will invade this city because it's like Washington D.C. <laughs> you know, it was laid out to confuse the English. It's like it's the same. It's the same thing. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, well, tonight we're going to because it's getting close to Halloween. Um, yeah, that's only next week. Um, we're going to be talking about the spookiest slash scariest slash I don't know. Yeah, spookiest slash scariest uh, scenes in Star Wars. And no, I don't. I don't know, Dave. So Dave's got this long list, and then Fredo and I are going to react to him. I just have to ask: Is uh, I think Fredo brought it up? Is Luke kissing Leia on that list? <laughs> we can. That can be a late edition. Late edition. A little little incest in there. Is that all right? Uh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> horror movies start. Just all I'm saying. If you watch horror movies, oh, you know. so it. So tangent story. This is my fr- my first year as a band director, and um, teaching summer band lessons, and um, and it was uh, these uh, be- it was like sixth grade flute players, and this one girl she was just bent out of shape, just mad at the world, and no amount of jokes or anything could solve anything. And I said, turned her to the her friend sitting next to her. I said, "What's her problem?" Day she said. And this, by the way, was in a small Nebraska town of 1600 and said, what's her problem? Said, well, she found out that the guy she likes is her cousin. (laughs) So so anyway, uh, it happens. So we're going to be talking about the spookiest problems. Yeah. Well, Mr. Kansas. Um, It's not like I'm saying I'm saying nothing. I'm from the big city. Yeah. Um, So we're going to be talking about that. But uh, before that. Let us do some trivia here. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Get out my old man glasses. All right. I'm going to Fredo this time. What's the mm-hmm. first beast in the Geonosian execution arena to die? Mm. What is the first beast in the Geonosian execution arena to die? See, your problem is you think I remember the name of the Geonosian piece. And uh I will I, I will I, I will take I will take the in I'll take the uh the our the, universe if you wanna like say the Like the spider like looking thing I think is the first one to die. Okay, so that's the Acklay. The one that okay. Obi the, the one that Obi Wan hacks off. Yes. Alright. The cat thing, isn't it? See, okay, okay, I'm gonna turn the card over. I actually think it's is the tiger with the big old. I think I think it's actually um, because the 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 tiger is the um, oh Nexu. It's the Nexu. The the Acle is the Acle is the praying mantis thing, and the rhino thing is the Acle. That's the reek. The reek is the the, okay. So I actually think it is. The reek, and I and I have another question here. We're gonna. It is the Nexu. Hmm. So it is is the cat thing. It's the cat thing because the See, rhino thing kills the cat thing. Does right. it? I, that's what I. That was going to be my question. Is that is it clear that the uh, oh in that moment we that, or not yeah that the cat dies the the Nexu I don't know, dies real limp. So, um, and I'll move yeah. on to the next question there now. Um, so. Um, <laughs> Dave, to you, <laughs> who remembers Anakin Skywalker as, quote, the best star pilot in the galaxy? Would be old Ben Kenobi, also known as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Does does Red Leader say it in the uh, in the scene on Yavin as well? But it was the correct answer is Obi-Wan. <laughs> They, they they edited it out. I mean, in the original 1977, they shot it. He, the Red Leader remembers. He remembers Anakin Skywalker. Anakin as, as a great pilot, but they took it out when they have somebody walk in front of the camera when he says that in the special edition. So And they took out the sound, so it's never actually said. Boba Fett, he stops and looks at the camera, and which actually I like that edition <laughs> in the special edition. I thought that was a good way to add Boba Fett. But anyway... Um, all right. To me, what's Darth Vader referring to when he says nothing can stop that now? Well, he's re- referring to his own death. 
Yeah, zone death. Da -da -da. There you go. So I bet I bet one of those uh, scenes is on uh, Dave's list. So, um, all right. Well, uh, we have one little bit of news, which I don't think is necessarily news. I think it's um, hopeful rumors. But go ahead. Well, I mean, in the spirit of Halloween, let's talk about maybe something coming back from the grave. Uh, that's something being Galactic Star Cruiser. So uh, this is a report from Walt Disney World News Today, which is a website that focuses on the parks and the, and the rides. And they, their article goes that apparently guests who were part of the final quote-unquote voyages aboard Galactic Star Cruiser received a survey that suggests Disney is reconsidering shuttering the experience completely. So yeah, apparently you know, we know that Galactic Star Cruiser's final ride was September 30th. So at the end of last month, no more, no more. Uh, but they apparently they gave an unusually specific survey that suggested to some that maybe Disney execs may be rethinking their decision. Apparently the, the, they were pre-screening the people to, uh, to whom they were gonna give out the survey. They didn't want any bloggers, any journalists, any people involved in media. They had to sign a, a non-disclosure agreement, and then afterwards they were paying a fee. <laughs> had a lot of good that did. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, well, no, no, about the specificity, but they, they were also paid one hundred fifty to two hundred fifty dollars for their troubles. And apparently, the questionnaire focused on pre-arrival, on board, in your room, and overall experiences. And uh, they also include a section about uh, moments that shaped my Star Cruiser experience regarding like the return to Batu, dinner. Uh, they ask him about how long it took for them to come up with their own character, which, you know, when you came on board, you're supposed to create your own character. It's going to the, the all these fun. The Twilight dancer I met in the cantina. Yeah. Basically, basically, it was asking about the concierge protocol, the data pad. So they were asking about everything having to do with a guest experience through the Star Cruiser. And the suggestion is that maybe they're thinking of bringing it back and then maybe a truncated version, something that's not $5,000 at a minimum to experience, or maybe something where say you go to Galaxy's Edge and you want to have dinner have on board Star Cruiser, maybe $100, $200 pays you to get in there and do that. You know, I, I, I would not blame, I would not blame them to find, figure out a way to keep it alive in some aspect because demolishing a building is not cheap they paid a and lot of so, money for that yeah they paid a lot of money for it and then to demolish it and really there's nothing else that can go in that area we've talked about it before it's like tucked away behind you know hollywood studios so it's not like they can just easily you know build something that it makes sense for disney crowds to go to so i don't know <clears throat> Maybe they do a, a high-end version and a low-end version where, you know, like you said, like maybe people come in for an hour or two long experience. That's a couple hundred bucks um, versus the people who are like, I want to stay and have the whole, well, you know, it, act it out thing. Yeah, make it like, you know, like make it like. You know, Star Wars daycare, you know, I mean, for adults, it's like, you know, you, the day you, you go there in the morning, you get to play around and all the Star Wars stuff. They transport you to Batu and you go on Rise of the Resistance and, you know, Smuggler's Run, you get to do all your stuff and then you come back and you get a nice meal and then, you know, they send you off planet and back to your normal Disney stuff. I'd do that. That, I mean, I would, I would do it. A day of that you know i don't necessarily you know and if you don't want to go to batu you can do the choose your own adventure stuff so i think there's things they can do and to make it more palatable for the wallet so yeah yeah there's there's the you know where the complicating factor in it is like you've got all these actors that you have to pay to carry on the thing the the host show of it and so it's like how many of those do you want to employ versus how many can you get paid for by guests who are willing to pay a lot of money for the experience? And they got to do the calculus on all that. And only they really know those figures. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of flexibility there. Like that. It also becomes. I guarantee they're running every study that they possibly can to yeah. figure this out, right? It also becomes easier, like, to hire, you know, local theater students or, you know, summer programs, stuff like that. Like I said, theater majors. And when it's not, you know, you're not having to improv for two days straight, you know. If, it, if it's right. just like you have a couple of scenes and then you need to be able to, you know, stay in character, you know, for the rest of it doesn't it doesn't require all the improv that goes on, you know. But then, you know, when we talked to Steven, it was like those meaningful interactions that, you know, I don't know, are they going to lose that? Because now it's just like it's gone from Star Wars prison to Star Wars daycare. <laughs> Love it. Oh. <laughs> But also just, I mean, because thinking about it from the standpoint of if you're trying to maximize how much people can get in there, you know, you could still offer that whole stock cruiser experience. But then if you're looking to make it easier in yourself, you know, yes. you, I'm, I'm thinking of something like medieval times where, you know, That's you can thing. come in and, okay, you're coming for lunch and you're going to be dinner in the middle of a space battle. And I mean, they could have like the windows showing battles and rumbling and, but stuff falling and people shooting or dinner with a lightsaber duel kind of thing. Right. So right now it doesn't have to be Ray and if, Kylo. If, if you do it, if you do it like star Wars daycare, then it becomes, you know, where it's just a day thing, you know, then you've automatically doubled the amount of people that you can put, you know, through this experience mm -hmm. because right now it is, well, it's, it's two days. And I don't know if it's like if, you know, Monday and Tuesday, and then the next group comes in, you know, Wednesday and Thursday. I don't know if that's the way it worked or not. I'm not sure, but you know, you could have it every single day. And so, and Disney people, that's what they, they, you know, like they pay for those backstage tours. They pay for those. I mean, you know, so anyway, like I said, who knows, you know, but it could also be, you know, Disney just trying to figure out what aspects of the experience they liked so they could build another, I wouldn't be surprised if it like, you know, do they have in the back of their head? Hmm. What if we actually, you know, cause they like building Disney cruise ships. What if it was a star Wars themed cruise ship that actually, mm -hmm. you know, went out floating on the water type of deal. You still have the dinner experience. You could still have all the, you know, stuff and it would be at the cost of, you know, a cruise and you're actually well, on the water. I don't know. So and you know that Disney loves to throw in a little extra, Hey, you know, you paid for this, but maybe for 50 bucks more, you can do this. I'm just thinking in terms of like, <laughs> hey, okay, you build your lightsaber, 50 bucks more. You come you aboard. You guys are making me giggle you. tonight. You guys are making me giggle tonight. We need to, we need to move on. Stop talking, Fredo. <laughs> no, no. For 50 bucks extra, bucks more, you can give a little here. bit more. <laughs> and uh, we'll give you a bit of lightsaber training. Oh, okay. <laughs> we better move on. McClunky, McClunky. McClunky. You know, like I said, it's it. Yeah, I, I, bottom line is they're probably going, man. It's going to cost how much to tear down a building? Let's figure out what mm -hmm. we can do with it. That's not going to suck, and we're not going to lose our butt. You know. So, anyway, sorry, this has been yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have some good outtakes on this one. We just might have to. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. So. Cue the spooky music. Star Wars spooky, scary moments. Da, 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 da. Um, so, yeah, I guess. So, how how long is your list, Dave? I've got, uh, I, I did like we typically do. I did, I did a top three and I had a crap ton of honorable mentions. All right. So, cool. I'm, I think that the way that we can handle this is I'll just list my top three and you guys can 
chew it to pieces. Uh, let's, and... just, let's do let's do one at a time. Let's do one at okay. a time. Because <clears throat> yeah, I want because there might be some stuff to. I have a short attention okay. span every now and again. So I think from... the first two we're going to be in agreement on, or at least if not in agreement, or at least we can sort of come to a common ground. The third one is is the oddball. But if you listen to our podcast. You probably won't find it that surprising that I listed this, and it's the ice spiders in the Mando Frog Lady episode. Oh. And that's your and top spookiest, or the that's number three. Number th- okay, third spookiest. And um, I mean that just had total arachnophobia, you know, vibes. So I would I would agree with that. That episode, all in all, in all, was kind of a spooky episode. Um, yeah, and it was an odd kind of one-off, and we've talked about like this frog lady diversion at the time, and everybody was like, "What are we doing here?" Um, but it was really well done horror, in my opinion. Uh, you've got this great setup of, of these very vulnerable people, especially Baby Yoda, who at this point isn't like showing the force ability that he's developing later on in the Isn't series he also eating frog ladies eggs at one he's point eating frog ladies like, which is like <clears throat> gross and weird on its own right right but um they're stuck in this situation these vulnerable people the frog lady doesn't have the force uh you got grogu who's basically a baby and it doesn't seem like they can get out of this the and in fact they really can't yeah. get out of it on their own but the way the episode unfolds at the end they need a bailout from somebody um and I think and that's so, what makes it such an interesting episode is it starts as an action because, you know, the Din is getting chased by the New Republic, which is what leads to them crash landing on that planet, which is what puts them in a position to be a giant ice spider with food. So it's like it goes from action to horror with a little bit of comedy with, you know, with Grogu eating frog ladies. Uh, uh, little eggs, and you're like, they're playing that for laughs. And you're like, wait a minute, that's not really <laughs> funny, even though you're laughing. Well, the setup's great, like I said, um, because it's like it's a group of vulnerable people stranded in a situation that you know they can't get out of. And so now, like, you introduce these freaking spiders that are like these big, spooky, creepy looking things that I was worried about scaring the heck out of my kids. Um, <laughs> but then the build up and the tension because you can see where this is all headed and it's very Hitchcockian in that way, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just, we're going to gradually build this thing up textbook suspense and, and you get it, you know, it's, it's scary. It's creepy. It's fun. It's not something you typically get from star Wars. Um, I was a, a big fan of that. And I like, advocated for that episode when it first came out and i still do because uh it's different no i'll give you that one that's a good one that's yeah that is a creepy and you know that is a, a creepy episode with the spiders so okay good enough all right well then i guess we can move along um to number two on my list the trash compactor scene in a new hope which I didn't think about a, that one. All right. <clears throat> as a young child, dude, I mean, an unseen monster. You don't know this what this thing looks like. You don't know what it's all about. It's just an eyeball and a tentacle. It's swimming through this murky, cloudy water. It's sludgy. It's garbagey. It's filthy. And you're like, I didn't I would not want to be in this water at all, let alone have a creature drag me down under it. Um, that tentacles all creepy. It's basically trying to drown him like a gator or something. And they somehow survive that. Um, and then the walls literally start closing in. And again, like this is like, I don't know if it's like primal to have that fear. Um, but I remember a visceral reaction to that in the, when I first saw that scene as a kid, first of all, you mentioned in, you mentioned Hitchcock, you know, in, in your last one. And, um, this, so as you're describing what's going on in the, in the trash compactor, it got me thinking about, um, George Lucas kind of lost his way because that scene was so good because like you said, you don't 
see everything is implied. You see you know, it scurries by, but you at one point, you know, the head pops up and he looks around and then goes, and it was funny. It kind of took away a little bit of that. But, you know, so then, and we got that in Empire Strikes Back as well with the Wampa. But then when the special editions came around, it's like, we got to show more of the Wampa. We got to show him sitting there eating. And we got to show him looking around. So be, so now that you've seen him a bunch, it kind of takes away that fear factor. You know, so like I said, Hitchcock did all those things so well. And, and I, George Lucas did those well. I don't know why he changed it in Empire. And I'm sorry if that's like number one on your list and I just scared, I just took it away. But um, but that's one of the things that just made me think is that I think he kind of ruined that similar moment for the Empire Strikes Back and the special editions just because they could film a Wampa. No, Fredo, what do you think about that scene? I don't know. It was one of the first ones that came to my head when we were discussing. Because what's interesting about it is you just get out of the shootout in the uh, Damon Center, and all of a sudden, all you know is that she was pounding on the door trying to get out, which is usually a sign that something's not right. And then next thing you know, they start talking about something brushing past them, that there's something in there with them. And then Luke gets sucked underneath the water. And uh, yeah, they do a good job with minimal effort. And Hitchcockian is a good description because one thing Hitchcock loved to do is we're ramping up the pressure and then we're going to throw another thing on top of it. So you're trying to escape from the Empire and you landed here and now there's a monster in the room with you. And just when you think you solved that, boom, here comes the closing of the of the walls around you, which, you know, between unseen monster lurking, trying to bite your feet and claustrophobia, it's like hitting some primal fears eh, for everybody. So, yeah, absolutely. This has to be has to be on the list. And I want to shout out the music too, because like that, like the music is just like, nah, you know, John Williams is like, just nah. going back to his jaws. Yeah, he's he's like got this dramatic well, music going, and you're just like, oh gosh, how are they going to get out of this? Well, and the absence of music when At they first, when yeah. they bring in the music is very very good, you know, because it's not when Luke gets grabbed by the Dianoga. Um, it's when the walls start closing in. That's when it's, you know, mm-hmm. crap becomes real. And then you throw in, you know, C-3PO not listening and filibustering, you know, when it's like, <laughs> just push the button, just push the button. You know, it's like C-3PO is like, oh, you will not believe my day. You know, so it, you know, it adds in even more, you know. Yeah, you get, you get a little bit of relief, right? A little bit of the com- comic relief, especially when we're older and we watch that. But scene. it adds to the stress because it's yeah. like, oh, God, we just. Yeah, he's just sort of like all you need to do barely is able up. to move. <laughs> it's like he can't move fast enough. And he even says that I, I curse my metal frame. I couldn't move fast enough. And it's like, yeah, buddy, we were living that a few seconds ago. We were really worried because you weren't moving quick enough. And it was brilliant. Like you said, it was brilliant the way they relieve that stress with the humorous part of, you know, they're all celebrating. It's like, oh, listen to them. They're dying. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it is. It's it's hilarious at that point. So, yeah, uh, it's it's one of my favorites. I, I love that whole sequence. That part, the part of that movie is, is just wonderful to me. So, um, yeah. So that was number two on my list. And so number one, this, I don't know if there'll be any controversy here, but Luke getting his hand cut off in Empire Strikes Back. And really, it's this it's the whole thing. It's from that moment forward where he gets his hand cut off to everything that follows in the immediate aftermath of this thing. Because beyond like creating a genuine sense of like danger for our heroes like i think they had been building that over the course of the movie and as you're in an adult you see things you see foreshadowing you understand what george is doing but this is really the moment as, you, as a kid that it sinks in that oh gosh our our heroes could be in tr- real real trouble here well it, and yeah go ahead sorry uh, yeah and the that's no small thing. And, th- and then there's a horror element to it too. Like I lost my freaking hand. Like I don't like part of my body is suddenly gone. Right. Like that's like real c- creepy on a psychological level for a kid to 
think about too. Um, then add on top of that, you've got the most evil creature in the universe, like standing over him, giving him the ultimate mind F that you could ever give a person. And then Luke does this swan dive off the freaking thing. And you don't know like what's going on with that. You, he's committing suicide. What's going on with that? And, and you're like, is he, like he's dead, right? Like he's a he's a goner at this point. You have no idea how this is going to turn out. And like every last bit of this to me is upsetting and scary. And I, like as adults, we're like, yeah, you know, you've seen it so many times that I don't think it gets to you. But like, if you really sit down and think about it, especially for kids, I just think like this has to be the number one scary thing in the entire saga um you know and at least the, for people of our generation the way that scene starts out too with with luke just going and going and vader jumps out and starts whomping in a whaling oh yeah you know yeah. so it starts with the monster jumping out from behind you know the door Jump scare. you know yeah. and just yeah it ramps up from that point um yeah, I don't. Though I don't remember ever being really creeped out by that one, but uh, mm. I understand everything you said, and I agree with it. it it's yeah, it's. I I think it's one of those things because yeah, I, I was thinking also from the beginning, because the other two times that actually from the beginning of the duel, Vader shot in shadow. It's interesting. You very rarely see him in full light, meaning where he's illuminated. And I think the way this particular sequence starts is when. Luke is going down that dark kind of tunnel or hallway, and out of nowhere, you know, Vader, who's you know, turns off his breathing apparatus, just like, surprise, ha <laughs> And then, uh, but then it's also the fury with which he goes after Luke. It's like he's trying to prove the point that you cannot beat him. Yeah. Not as you are right now. Right now, you you know, you, you know, you're coming up against uh, Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. And you cannot beat the monster. All you can do is run away. And Luke tried to face the monster, and now he's getting his his uh, just the search for it. And um, so, yeah, I could see where it could be scary. I mean, and then of course it leads into the whole kind of psychological sphere of okay, he wants you to fall into the dark side with him. You know that very that seduction that comes at the end of a lot of psychological horror movies. Whether you're thinking something like. Brad Frankenstein or Rosemary's Baby or, you know, Midsummer stuff like that, where the, the threat is not you dying, the threat is you losing yourself in that darkness, in that evil. And so, and it's only, Luke's only choice is fall to my death or fall into evil. And he chooses, okay, I'll fall to my death. And of course it doesn't die, but yeah. So I could see where it kind of be, so like, it'd be like that. So before we get to uh, your honorable mentions, let's uh, maybe Fredo and I can toss some out and see yeah, if they're on yeah. your honorable mm -hmm. mentions. The one, um, and I've got a couple that were on my list and there were no particular order. Um, but um, the, the hallway scene in um, Mandalorian, the prison break was that, uh, was that season one. Yeah. Cause the, cause the razor crest was still a thing. Um, but I think it was the first one that Rick Famuyu, I can't pronounce his last name right now. Ayuima. Yeah, I think that was the first one he directed, but it was very, you know, horror movie Batman type thing with the use of light and the strobe light and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And, you know, Din coming mm -hmm. into focus and, you know, whomping everybody. Um, that was that was a very, you know, spooky set of scenes. So yeah, off the yeah, I was it was. Did that make it, did I, that make your honorable mention, Dave, at all? No, I didn't have that one on there, but that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's it's one of those instances where you're like, okay, again, or works on on the mysterious one you don't know, and even though you know Din is capable. Well, and that was the first. I think it was the first time we talked about um, Star Wars being like a horror movie when we were talking on this mm -hmm. podcast. It was mm -hmm. that was very much shot like a. A horror movie um mm -hmm. thing was it was our hero that was <laughs> being the monster which was kind of weird mm -hmm. um another I'll, I'll just toss out another one it's kind of lumped in and that's anytime they use the undead 
as recently as mm-hmm. in Ahsoka with the zombie troopers and then in the Clone Wars when they resurrect the Night Sisters. Um, that was that was spooky and creepy. So any like I said, anytime just that idea of you're shooting stormtroopers and they just keep coming at you, you know. Yeah, you can't kill them basically. Or the, like I said, the or like I said, the zombie night sisters. So, yeah. y'all ever had that nightmare where you you just like you got you're in a actiony environment like that or a horror environment like that, and you just some things are coming at you and you can't kill them. Um, it's a visceral dream. It's just like. Ah, you know, and again, it comes from, you know, it comes from real life. You know, you have these these stressors that, that weigh on you and you can't resolve them and you want them resolved. And, and that's the psychology of it, I'm sure. But like, yeah, man, <laughs> it's like that's that's no good. Right. Like and they tap into that in a major way when you see that on screen. So. So I got three for me, and I'll make go through right quick and see if they're on Dave's list. So first one was Empire, Luke going into the cave. Mm-hmm. You know, in the Dagobah. Yeah. Just because that was on your list? Yep. Yeah, because, again, the way they shoot it, they, you know, first of all, uh, Yoda's warning you, you're not going to need your weapons, and he still brings them with him, and he's walking into the darkness, and then all of a sudden, Death Star Vader again. Best villain coming out of nowhere, you're like, How's a six foot six tall cosmetic guy dressed in armor somehow managed to get the drop on people? He does. Um, there was another one I just wanted to add, but I'll, I'll say that because I'm sure it's on Dave's list. The other two that kind of just popped on the top of my head are that are on my list. One is from Clone Wars, which is the episode where they get trapped going back to Geonosis and that single uh, mine uh, with the little. Uh, Worms takes over the Geonosians. I don't know if you remember that episode. You know, they're trapped under Geonosis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like it's basically taking over their minds. And they want to, and this this creature, this uh, this thing, I think it's Apollo the Lesser. And there is planets to take over the Jedi and get the clones and get out of Geonosis. He's a little and, worm uh, critter that goes up yep, in, exactly. into their mm-hmm. brains and takes them mm-hmm. over. Right. It's that combination of invasion of the body snatchers and the thing, because yeah. you don't know it's taking over and you don't know it does. Again, they shoot it very much like a horror film, or they animate it like a horror movie, and it works really well. Uh, the other one, it's actually from a video game. It's uh, from Republic Commando. There's a, there's a level where you have to assault a uh, a separatist droid ship, a core droid ship, and you get on it, and everything, all the lights are off, and nobody's on board and you're trying to figure out what the heck just happened and again this isn't a horror game there's a first person shooter but they they put you in the shoes of a uh, trooper going through the ship and trying to discover what the heck is going on and it's all pitch black and stuff is banging and noise is coming out of nowhere again doing a good job putting you in that kind of spooky moment of you don't know what's happening so those are my three Fredo, that game's on my backlog, and like I just finished playing Halo, and you just reminded me of kind of Halo, and like the last half of the game, you encounter these. Oh, the third? Uh, not the yeah. third. No. no, 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 it's not the third. That's StarCraft, jeez. Uh, no, you're talking about the flood. The flood, yeah. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, and you're just like, okay, things just like got cr- turned up to eleven, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so. Yeah, those are good. Um, the Clone Wars uh, one, too, I have personal experience with. It. My kids were just watching that like a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, they were trying to creep each other out with it. They're like, this is the creepy one. you got to watch this one. You know, okay. It's just so funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Clone Wars had some good moments that are dark and creepy, and they, they, they recognize that they can't just simply be action battle scenes all the time. So I always love it when they kind of go away and try to do something unique like that, but still, that that arc, because uh, it's 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 you know, almost get the sense of some of the stuff that's going to happen down the line with some of the characters gets introduced here, but it's it's an interesting arc, just very very scary, you know, which is rare for Star Wars. Mm-hmm. All right, so what what honorable mentions do you have? Let's talk All about right. spookiness. Yeah, well, 
we'll go through them and you guys can react and talk about them. I think um, I wanted to shout out Empire Strikes Back as a whole. <laughs> that movie. I mean, basically everything. You met, you already mentioned the Wampa, which was kind of like, eh, they might have ruined it in the special edition. But then you've got the Swamp Crash, where he crash lands in this muck that he can't see, and then some creature attacks R2-D2. Um, the cave test, as Fredo mentioned, C-3PO getting blown up, and then Chewbacca having like his uh, Hamlet moment with C- C-3PO's head. Vader um, force-choking everybody. Vader's out here just like mowing fools down you got the first appearance ever of the emperor you've got the space slug the minox within the space slug them walking around inside that space slugs gullet all of this stuff is like super creepy and weird and um i love it so much <laughs> Empire's goaded, right? Like forever. It's just, it's, it's so good. You know, that's interesting because that movie is, it starts off very bright visually because you're on Hoth and then it gets dark and then it mm-hmm. brightens up in Cloud City again. I just, I'm so, just thinking of it as a visual, just, yeah. you know several reasons for it but i mean it's just interesting that yeah like good chunk of that movie is just visually dark and then you know store the story and the story matches it so yeah that's interesting cloud city is a misdirect too like you you think oh things have brightened up everything's gonna be okay but then you see the underbelly of cloud city which is dark again and it's uh it's a little psychological warfare there and i really like that um, speaking of psychological, the torture of the prison sequences in Andor. Yes, that was on my list as well. Yeah, that just and the way that is shot is you know so intimate. You know, they get right up into Bix's face. You know, and that was that makes it uncomfortable and it makes it very spooky. And the fact that you can't hear what she's hearing. Is that it? That's what you're talking about, right? I'm not talking about the the torture sequences specifically. I'm talking about uh, Cassian being in that prison. Oh, in that the, dystopian. Okay, in the prison. prison. I, was, I was talking about yeah, Bix. Yeah. Okay, but like Bix getting tortured. Um, that's that's not like light stuff either, at all. And uh, like again, Andor is more cerebral, right? Um, it, it's not necessarily meant to jump scare you. It's it's really just sort of the psychological toll of these conditions that that these people go under, and it's easy to put yourself in their shoes. Like I think my mind would break in Bix's situation. I think I would lose hope if I were uh, Andy Circus in that prison and the the power the power about the bix thing as well is that it's there's nothing more frightening than your own imagination and they didn't it's not like they even they they just suggest what you know you're going to be listening to and then you have to imagine what that would sound like and then like i said just the way they they shot it it's and the way she you know was acting that part it like i said it was all very good it was so it was i think i think it's one of those things too if they would if we would have heard the screams i don't think it would be as effective as our own imagination as to what that would be um and yeah you know anytime dave you talk about you know uh, what dreams you have it's like forever one of the biggest fears of my life would be going to prison period you know it's like not that i'm out doing things that would get me into prison but to be to be wrongfully arrested and thrown in you know the pen that i mean just the thought of that you know it's it's suffocating you know yeah i was just thinking in terms of how it mirrors when leia's getting tortured and 
you don't hear anything. You just hear the door slam shut, and, you know, the footsteps of the Imperials walking away, which in a way works differently than the way when Han gets torture on Empire, where you hear his screams before he's passing out. You never hear Leia getting tortured, though, because it's it's almost like it's part of the it's part of the horror. It's part of the idea that even your voice can be taken away. You can be silenced, not just you know, you know metaphorically, you know, your positions, your ideas, whatever you stand for, can be silenced. You yourself can physically yeah. be silenced. Put in a hole deep and dark enough where no one will even hear you yeah. screaming for your life. You know, the difference, the difference between the two, the, you know, the and rebels kind of, I won't say ruined that one as well, but it's like, okay, so now we know what happens is that you get in, she got injected with truth serum. They call it a mind probe. Like they are, they're giving you a partial lobotomy or something, but mm-hmm. it's just, no, you get a shot in the neck and then they're asking you questions, you know? So, um, but anyway, but yeah, you're right. It's that. You know, you're in a place nobody's gonna know where nobody can hear you scream. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There's a lot to unpack with Andor though, in general, because like again, like we keep bouncing back and forth between this torture and the the idea of prison and prison being its own torture. Um, it's just uh, it's heavy stuff there, you know. Um, and again, this is this is uh, relatable, deeply relatable for human beings. I, I have the same irrational fear uh aaron it's it's like you can't guarantee anything in this world um nothing is guaranteed tomorrow somebody could come and arrest me for something i did not do um and now suddenly this becomes reality for me and uh that's just unsettling to consider and uh and you see it happen to see it play out in this series like that, it's just oh. Another another moment that would have made my honorable mentions would be um, uh, Yoda in Empire Strikes Back to Luke saying when he says "I'm not afraid" and just the lighting on Yoda and he you know the look on his face that you will be, you will be. It's just like that. That I remember that like one. It's still it's unsettling. Um, yeah. But I love the bad lip reading on that one. If you ever seen it, when they have Yoda saying, "Don't fall asleep, don't <laughs> fall asleep," <laughs> I love that so much. But no, yes. I mean, just like I said, that I mean, that was a creepy moment as well, but a very short moment. So, all right, what yeah. else is on your list? Honorable mention uh, the, wise, the Sarlacc and the Rancor in Return of the Jedi, just sort of gratuitously, I have to. I'll give, you, them. I'll give you the Rancor. I don't think the Sarlacc pit is all that spooky mm-hmm. was it spookier before or after special edition doesn't yeah, matter I know, right? it still isn't i mean it's it's goofy to me it's also, goofy no, to in me, the special I, edition um, i just think yeah i just think it gets worse with special edition it's i think one the, of the few missed changes i don't like i think the setup of 3po explaining what happens in the sarlacc pit right. that moment is when you were like Oh my God! You know it's the so the setup. Yeah, then it's kind of a letdown. I mean, then it's just like you know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you're right. The setup is great. Um, I'd also maybe argue the Boba Fett, um, the Sarlacc sequence in that, um, sequences, in uh in Boba Fett were both uh, they were both pretty good. Oh, the book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um. Yeah, I think the Sarlacc got more shine. Like they maybe rescued the Sarlacc a little bit in the book of Boba Fett. But, uh, yeah, the only thing yeah. I think that would take away from the scariness a little bit. Now, this is what I was thinking about when when you're talking about the trash compactor. That when you first see that movie in 1977, yes, it is spooky because your your heroes are they're done, they're doomed, you know. Mm-hmm. But after after you've seen all the sequels and you know they all make it through it's like that scene loses its you know intensity so the book of boba fett stuff it was more interesting not as spooky because i know he you know he makes it out you know so it's just like so it's like oh okay yeah there's a stormtrooper there and you know um 
that revenge sequence though was really sort of interesting though and he he's like i'm gonna go back and ram my ship into the starlack because i'm so mad at that stupid thing and then it's like is this gonna backfire because it's like we at that point he could die we don't know um but yeah, yeah, I, I hear you on that. Like, I just think like those things just sort of need mentioning more so than advocating for. Um, the emperor frying everybody with lightning. Um, I like. I think like in particular at the end of Return of the Jedi. Oh, that's a horror movie. That's a horror scene. Yeah, that's yeah, straight out. Um, and you got you know the the you know the people chant the Gregorian chants in the background and everything. And you know the the choir like oh. You know, it's like, oh my god, this is this is bad. This is really bad. Um, I think to a lesser degree, Re- Return of the Sith or Revenge of the Sith, because um, it's it's a little more horror esque, and in in like the in the grand tradition of like Dracula and movie villains from a bygone era, right? Like the way that that all unfolds, it's almost Shakespearean. Um, you know, power, ultimate power, you know, it's kind of goofy. Um, but like it's played as, as, as kind of one of these B movies or old school B movies. That's that, that is rooted in horror. Um, and, and I think like, just because it doesn't like scare me as an adult, I I still think like the intention was there. And I think that it. I would give you this, that uh, creepy scene in Revenge of the Sith is the opera scene. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. um, I mean, that's not a scary scene. It's extremely, you know, like I said, we're talking about spooky and creepy and stuff like that. I mean, it's the, it's the most we've ever, it's the deepest look we've gotten into the Sith um, and the music is wonderful in there and the lighting and everything it's so that that's part of me is a like i said a creepy one yeah one more that i would add in terms of creepy uh last jedi ray in the cave particularly when she starts having all the visions and you know she's going from moment to moment unaware of what's happening you know i think it it's uh for someone who's fought so much to get to this moment for it to not be the holistic experience that she was hoping for. Like, Hey, I'm finally going to get my answers. Here's here it is. I'm finally on the spot where everything's going to come together. And instead she just gets hit with horror scene after horror scene after tragedy and just like, okay, never mind. That, that was a down. That was a downer. Huh? You know, maybe, maybe not necessarily spookiest or scariest, but yeah, there were moments there where you're like, Oh boy. I tell no. you the, the the one that would be top of my list, and we haven't talked about it yet, is the Vader hallway scene in Rogue One. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I mean, yeah. that is an intense, spooky yeah. scene. Because it's shot like a like a horror it film, is. like from the moment that Vader scene. You know, somebody made a point. Uh, I don't know. I think you shared one of those memes with me, uh, Aaron, about how. Remember the, the the chest pad that Vader's got? Somebody found the off button. Yeah. So not even that was lit up. Because he's in total darkness until he lights that lightsaber up. And all of a sudden, at that point, the music is kicking in with, again, orchestral choir, you know, doing, you know, sounding like it's in pain. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's fabulous. Um, and then its sequel, uh, Darth Maul, um, mowing down clone troopers in the clone wars episode um after ahsoka releases him as a distraction uh she's like i'm using you so i can get away yeah that's and, a good one too he's using he's it, he's using the door the blast doors to chop stormtroopers in half and yeah chop, yeah <laughs> it's it's like I feel like Filoni took the challenge from Rogue One with that sequence and was like, okay, I can have my own hallway scene. And then we got the Luke hallway scene eventually too. So um, there's something about a hallway. You get in a hallway with uh, with somebody who's got the force on their side and you're, you're in a bad situation. Um, Snoke being an abusive creep show, um, just like, like all up in like Ray's 
personal space yeah. and like physically abusive towards Kylo. And it's just, he's just a creep show. And I, I, I like, I'm like, I don't like this guy like at all. Right. I mean, you're not supposed to, but like, he takes it to a, just this other level beyond, um, ah, I have grand designs for the universe. No, no. He's like in your face. And it's like, just back off, man. I don't want you in my space, but, um, I think that's, that's good. Anakin getting burned alive and then returning the favor and burning Obi-Wan in the same way. Well, that scene, yeah, yeah, that was. I forgot about that uh, one in Kenobi. Yeah, uh, and and to be fair, that the whole Darth Vader coming to life scene at the end of Revenge of the Sith, when there the droids are attaching the parts, and he's, I mean, that is right out of Frankenstein. That is totally Frankenstein, or you know, some horrible. Just really Mm -hmm. kind of stupid. I guess I wish I would have been like, I wish I would have been ten when I saw that Mm -hmm. for the first time. Because mm-hmm. I probably would have felt that way, Fredo. But in my 30s or whatever it was, it was like just, it was hokey and dumb. And maybe the it, no at the end was kind of like well, ruined it. Yeah. And it's, and it then also the part of, you know, <laughs> having Vader say, you know, where's Padme? It was just like, that doesn't that doesn't compute here you know it's just like that doesn't fit so again i wish i would have been like 10 when i would have seen that for the first time see, see i wish you could have seen it with fredo and me because we both like loved that movie it was really mm-hmm. good um and and you know to that point like him storming the jedi temple and murdering younglings um i'm sure um for somebody of a younger generation that would have been crushing to watch. Just, just utterly crushing. You no, know, I mean we we kept hearing it throughout the whole uh when the Bad Batch premiere and they had us have relive Order Sixty Six. It's well, it's one of the defining moments for that prequel trilogy generation, Order Sixty Six, and just how uh seeing uh Caleb Doom have to run for his life, you know. It's like everybody thinks, oh, we're done. There's no way, you know, Dave Filoni can't hurt us now. It's like Dave Filoni writes another Order 66 because he can't get away from it. And he, he loves turning the knife on, on his fans. <laughs> you know, they could have, I think they could have made Order 66 even more creepy. Um, like if it would have been. Mm-hmm. I don't know it I'm not saying I need I need more gore or anything like that but it was seems like all of the events that they show are very sterile mm-hmm. and I mean if it would have been and also from kind of a far off vantage point if it would have been more intimate like it was in the bad batch when you know um oh uh Caleb's uh, master. Master. Yeah. When uh, the, I mean, her clone troopers are right there surrounding her, you know, we got a little bit of that, but then it was like, you cut away and, you know, it, it, I don't know. They, I think they could have made order 66 a little bit more, um, a little bit more. They oh. probably could have, but by the same token, um, when I watched that sequence the first time, I was like curled up in a ball, basically, like like don't hurt me, don't hurt me, you know. And then finally, like I see them like coming up behind Yoda, and I'm like, like no, what? Like even though I know he survives, I'm like in that moment, I'm like desperate for something positive to occur, and then he takes. those two stormtroopers out and i'm like okay good do you think it would have been even more effective had it been live action clone troopers and not video gamey yeah they looked fine to me i mean they looked so much better than what we got in the attack of the clones that i was cool with it i could see what you mean there just in regards to and we probably get back to the whole idea of spookiness but uh just for that scene because a lot of the cutaways are very quick, like, oh, uh, Wakun gets shot by his wing beat, by his wingman, you know, 
as as they pull back or forget the other master on the speeder. Or I think the only one who really gets a couple of hero moments, whether it's actually people in costume or Ayla Sakura and uh, Kiari Mundi. Mm-hmm. And only Kiari Mundi recognizes kind of what's going on. Or yeah. at least has enough time to go, wait, what's happening? You know, whereas everybody else is just shot in the back, shot, you know, shot out of the sky from the back, yeah. you know, shot up, you know. So, which makes sense because that's how you're going to catch Jedi Masters off guard. You're not, you're not going to go, sorry, sir, we've been ordered to betray you here. We're, let, let us shoot you. They, they're going to do it, you know, you know they're going to turn, they turn quickly. Um, but yeah, I think maybe getting a few of those moments like Tepa Belavas or, uh, you know, where you kind of go, okay, that horror of, uh, don't, don't I'm trying to remember, Jedi Fallen Order did that really well with their Order 66 sequence where, the master recognizes uh, what's going on and is actually trying to fight to get away. And it's just make it kind of like facing Freddy Krueger or Michael Myers, where it don't matter what you do, you can't get away. You know, in this case, it's more like, I guess, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's, you know, you're not getting away from the crazies. They're all coming to kill you. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I kind of see your point there. Even though I do kind of see also Davis, but yeah. All right, Dave, what else was on your honorable mention? Wrap us up here. Yeah, a couple brief uh, prequel ones. Um, Those poisonous centipedes in Attack of the Clones. It's just the idea that... Bugs are creepy. Yeah, Bugs are creepy, and it's like, no, don't do that. And and they play that for for a good bit of suspense, too, because, you know, they're they're just getting closer. They're getting closer, and it's like, oh, gosh, go save her. And they did it. So, um, this last one for me, uh, Phantom Menace. Yes, I picked something from Phantom Menace. During the pod race, Anakin's pod gets damaged and his cockpit gets detached from the thrusters and it just starts spinning around. And it's like, I'm worried about this. Is this kid going to survive it? You know, spinning is a good move, you know. (laughs) Spinning is a good move, right? Um, But I'm like, you know, in real time, I'm like, geez, gosh, that's viscerally upsetting. When you mentioned the pod race, I thought you were going to mention like the one where Sebulba's um, pod is like right on top of it. Or right on top of them too, yeah. There's that. There's that. Well, that too. whole sequence is very much like riding a go kart downhill in, you know, and you don't know if traffic is coming at the bottom of the hill type of a deal. <laughs> um, so that, I mean, that, like I said, yeah. that whole pod race sequence is a very um, stressful sequence. If you give yourself over to it, yeah, like it's like, oh my God, they've got this little kid. Don't fly in this, you know, dangerous thing. And again, they say, "Oh, this is, these pod races are very dangerous." It's like they spell it out for you, but then oh, to really actually think- see it on screen unfold in such a manner that you're like, "She wasn't kidding. <laughs> this is very dangerous." To be honest, I was going to say when you mentioned the Phantom Menace, I thought you were going to mention the sequence going through the planet core and trying to survive all the monsters in, the monsters oh, no. fish. You know, when, they're, when their uh, <laughs> ship gets loose of power, all of a sudden they finally fire it up and there's a giant monster literally staring them in the face trying to get them. It's again. I, get, I yeah. get the intention of the scene, of those scenes, but right. I also was no longer four years old, so they, they were all wasted it, on me. And that's the thing. It's like a lot, a lot of the stuff, and we always got to remember, a lot of the stuff plays well. It's kind of like if you go back, I don't know if either of you guys ever saw Jason and the Argonauts, the... Ray Harryhausen version or Clash of the Titans, the original. Like one of the scariest moments in movie for me is uh, Clash of the Titans, the whole Medusa sequence inside the temple. Oh yeah. And it's still to this day, like you know, it scares me. Like it's kind of in a way that the remake never could. That's because I was six, seven when I was watching that. So of course it's gonna scare me. It's gonna it's gonna leave a little imprint in my memory. Oh yeah, that was scary. So a lot of the stuff may ebb and flow according to when you catch it for the first time right yeah and i think like you you allow for that in these sorts of lists right um Mm -hmm. it's just there's going to be certain things there's so much bizarre crap in star wars too like just things that are just 
we were talking about like uh, Yoda's line being unsettling, you know, and it's like these random little centipedes being unsettling, you know, it's just they're world building and they're creating all these things. And sometimes they have a little perverse smile on their faces when they're doing it. I'm sure, I'm sure of it because it's like, yeah, you try to freak, you try to freak the little ones out a little bit here. Give them a little bit of a thrill ride. I can tell, but, uh, we love it, right? Mm-hmm. Well, all right. If we if we missed any of your favorite spooky, scary, creepy Star Wars moments, um, hit us up on on Twitter, on Facebook, or like I said, on the street corner if you see us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Um, but yeah, until then, we will say who dat, who dat, who dat, and happy Halloween, everybody, and uh, have a great week. Happy Halloween. Ma